Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes. You're about to listen to a We Are LA Tech remix episode, where we present to you a curated selection of impactful clips from previous episodes that you may have missed. And be sure to follow the links in the show notes to listen to the full episodes. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. My name is Esprit Devora, born and raised LA, and I created We Are LA Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent, to connect with each other, to form awesome relationships. So proud of this show. Enjoy. Hi, my name is Michelle Penzak, and I'm the CEO of squared away and we are a remote executive assistant company composed mostly of military spouses and we are based in San Diego, California. I feel like there's like 30,000 different things that could come from being a founder. I mean, if someone's listening right now and they're like, oh man, I've always dreamed of being a founder, but I've just been living the life that I've known for so long. How do I transform? What should I expect when I first become a founder? What guidance would you give them? I guess the best piece of advice I wish I had taken to heart was make sure, especially if you have family, is to maintain your boundaries. It's Mm. so easy so easy to get sucked into email or sucked into a project when, you know, you should be playing with your kids or enjoying those little moments that you can't get back. I have almost five-year-old and an 18-month-old tornado. And there are moments that I was diving into emails that probably could have waited two hours and I didn't. And those are moments that I won't be able to get back. And I wish that I had taken the time to say, you know what, this can wait. My boys can't. Right. I would say maintain your boundaries because it's easy to get sucked in to the little things. How do you define, because I think this has to do with boundaries. How do you define success? Success to me is going to bed at night and knowing that you made a difference for somebody. That's success. I have people coming to me at least a couple of times a week saying, thank you so much for squared away. And not that they have to do that and not that they have to do that, but that, that makes the chaotic days that makes the, Oh my gosh, what is happening here? Days like moments. It makes those worth it. And there are so many families lives that we're making a difference in clients and assistant wise. And putting my head on my pillow at night going, we made a difference somewhere. That's success to me. What's a huge obstacle that you've successfully overcome and how did you overcome it? Working from home with clients is an obstacle. Funny enough, teaching military spouses how to work from home with kids has been a unique obstacle. 
there are so many different ways to do it. Trust me, there are days where my four-year-old is like swinging from the ceiling fans, but time blocking, giving each other tips and tricks, letting our assistants know to have grace with themselves and giving clients and team members grace. That's something that not only can they share with each other, but they can share with their clients as well, because they've also had to pivot in this day and age. And we've been doing it for three years and a lot of our clients haven't. So it's been a big challenge over the last year to be able to share that with them. Hi, this is Kyle Harris. I am the head of community at Clash. We are a monetization and video sharing app based in West Hollywood. So when we built the app, we did not have the tools to be able to monetize because that requires a lot of technical side on the engineering sides. And we're also dealing with people's money. So that requires a lot of just very meticulous engineering. So that's what we've been working on for the past, I would say, six months is trying to figure out how exactly to do that appropriately. But yes, to go back to the point, we did start as a video sharing app with monetization in mind. And we are getting to a point now where we are about to roll out within the next, I would say, three or four months, the actual monetization features which will allow any creator to come on the app, make content. And if they grow a fan base, those fans can then tip and they can earn. And before now, what did success look like for a creator? What are some examples that of success creators have experienced? And then once you turn on the monetization, what is your hope as a, as a company that creators will experience as a sign of success? I would say in terms of success for creators before the monetization, they were looking at video views and following. So we had a girl named Femi who is a uh, black creator and she's a wonderful editor and so just so funny. She started with Zero, a very organic creator, and she has since within the last three months gained 2,000 followers on our app. That's and so cool. Yeah, it's great because for us, Nobody really knew who she was, and now she's got 2,000 people who are following her and just enjoying her videos. So my hope for her is that as the head of community, I can eventually lead her into a place where she can start earning full-time on Clash. So essentially, that's what the future of success looks like, that she goes from getting these followers, and now she could be living full-time on creating the content. Talk to me about community building. What does your day-to-day look like? And what are kind of the core principles you lead by as the head of community? So for me with Clash, I've been on a lot of different social media apps. And one of my biggest complaints is that there's no direct line between creator and the team that works on the app. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) It's just... It's just so hard to get in touch with anybody. So my way of leading a Clash is to be very transparent and very open. We actually have a Discord channel where I've brought in some of the top creators from Clash and we allow them to beta test. We allow them to know everything that's going on aside from you know funding and things like that. But I just try to be as, as transparent as I can and to take as much feedback from the creators as I can because you know they are the ones who are going to be using the app. Right. So I've told the team that, you know, we need to be looking at how the creators are using the app because we're the ones who are giving them this gift, but we're not the ones using it. We're, we, you know, we'll scroll through it and look at the content that's on there, but 
they're the ones who are actually going to be using the app. So we should be taking that feedback seriously and implementing the things that make sense. Hi, this is Cole Mora with LATech.org. I'm an advisor who focuses on startup strategy and growth in the area. We are the hub of public-private interaction in the Los Angeles tech ecosystem. I'm based in Hermosa Beach. Well, so for me, there are the stats that I've been learning with the venture scene that I'm trying to build and, and trying to be a contributor to. We graduate more engineers every year than any other city in the country. Like you would think maybe SF, but no, it's Los Angeles, right? I mean, LA doesn't really have to introduce itself to anyone, right? It's, it's a globally known city. And yet it's amazing to me, I guess, from an entrepreneurial standpoint and a business standpoint, that it's still in my mind, and I think in many opinions, yet unrealized, right? Like that there's mm-hmm. still, it's a global force, but from a, maybe from a venture standpoint or a startup standpoint or a founder, whatever tech standpoint, it's still well on its way. It's not even close to where it can be. I generally don't buy into the whole like SF or Silicon Valley is dead tweets. I think it's less an or and more an and like mm-hmm. Silicon Valley will continue to exist and LA can be a powerhouse. And, you know, Austin or Miami or all these other places that people seem to have hot takes about, like, I think that you can see entrepreneurship grow everywhere. And for LA specifically, like, I don't know, I just look at it like, what doesn't it have, right? I think that if you feel claustrophobic in Silicon Valley, you can look at this expansive, beautiful region of Los Angeles that offers deserts and mountains and skiing and beaches. It offers like just a rich cultural tapestry, amazing food, amazing entertainment. I mean, all the things that we love about it, right? And the fact that like, again, if you feel maybe boxed in in Silicon Valley, like you can be in LA and still be 50 minutes away from another part of LA and not just because of traffic. (laughs) And so I just think that there's this energy about it. And I think that the fact that there is kind of this, like it's a city made up of a bunch of distinct towns with their own flavor. I think that actually leads to a lot of creativity, a lot of exchange of ideas, a lot of differences in culture, which are so important in this case. And yeah, so from an entrepreneurial standpoint, like Not only is the quality of life there, but I think that you just have this ecosystem that's really conducive to innovation and like challenging of ideas in a really productive way. So that's like my YLA. Did I answer the second part of the question? I want to make sure I get to that as well. What do we do during this pandemic? Like, how do we feel a sense of community? I feel like this applies to every city around the world. It's not exclusive to LA, but LA has this really pre-pandemic. It has this really beautiful, like connective culture. You were asking me before we started recording, like how kind of the LA tech ecosystem came to be. And so there was an LA tech ecosystem probably in the eighties, something I'm not aware of. Right. And then something went away. Again, I'm not privy to all this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in the 2000s, there was an investor. There were like 20 of us and we'd hang out at his place in Venice and we'd have like barbecues at his house. And that was LA Tech. And then in, I believe it was 2009. At that point, maybe it was like 60 people and we all fit in a photo at South by Southwest and it was dope. And that was LA tech. That was, that was LA tech. <laughs> and then Southwest. Right. And then, and then like just step by step. So like we have I'm this really connective culture of like barbecues and like beach volleyball and like yeah. co-working spaces. And then in this pandemic, we have it's Zoom. taken from us. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you so, know what? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's a great question. I feel like it's applicable everywhere, but with LA, maybe there's a special kind of flair to it. I have found that 
like people make the most of the situation they're in, right? We're really resilient as just a species, I suppose, a hallmark of ours. I would call it an approximation of what community maybe has been. But I do think there's legitimacy to the online communities people have built. And just because you can talk to someone from around the world doesn't mean that there's not a resonance of talking to someone via Zoom in Los Angeles, right? Like there's kind of a kinship, even right now, right? We're on Zoom. Right. Like, I know you're in LA, like I know you're right, you know, over there somewhere. That kind of makes me feel happy and connected to this community. Mm. Um, I think that there's been this, when you can't be in person, when you can't gather, and hopefully that changes soon, but like, I just think that people are going to move online and make the most of the tools they have. Like the community that I feel proud of having built so far with the DealFlow Roundtable and the Black and Latinx Founders Forum right. and with latech.org has been done almost, if not entirely remotely, right? Mm-hmm. And I've met amazing people like you. Like we've never met in person and yet I feel close. Like you sent a welcome video when I first connected with mm-hmm. you and that was so sweet and so thoughtful and it made me smile for the entire day. The We Are LA Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. Music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The We Are LA Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes.